Hello everyone, welcome to CDH Conversations podcast, our Women's Month series. I am Tabitha Rajab and today we speak to Megan Rogers. Megan is the director and head of the oil and gas sector. Thanks for joining us, Megan. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. Oh, great. So let's get straight into it. Take us through your journey of becoming a lawyer. So I completed my LLB and LLM degrees at the University of the Western Cape many years ago. And then whilst completing my LLM degree, I took up a graduate lecturing assistant position at the University of the Western Cape. So I lectured for a while whilst doing my master's degree and then moved into the corporate world by doing my articles at Bowman and I stayed there for a few years before setting off to establish a niche oil and gas practice on my own with a business partner and then I decided to return to big law in 2015 when I joined CDH to head up the oil and gas sector offering. Great thanks Megan and um, you've broken down barriers as a female of color in the oil and gas industry. So tell us what made you decide to specialize in oil and gas? Well, I decided very early in my career that I would go into an area of specialization, I suppose being a female of color and being exposed to big corporate law firm when I started articles influenced my decision to specialize so early in my career. So from the time I was a candidate attorney, I've been in the oil and gas space. And the reason oil and gas specifically is because the oil and gas industries are major industries in the energy market. They're the world's primary fuel source. So the industry plays an influential role in the global economy. So it made sense. It was a good fit. Then, of course, it's a very technical industry. So I found that if I committed, I would constantly be learning. There'd be something new to learn every day. I mean, one of the most significant things about oil is that it's probably one of the most important commodities in the world. Petroleum products can be found in everything. PPE, plastics, chemicals, fertilizers, aspirin, clothing. It has a big footprint in our day-to-day lives. And that was quite fascinating to me, the way that the industry sits in the context of, you know, our day-to-day lives and engagements. So it really drew me in. It was a big pull factor for me. And as an oil and gas lawyer, what I've gained from working in the upstream oil and gas space is developing a skill set which is essentially cross-border and translatable. So I've had the opportunity to work in jurisdictions and on transactions in over 13 countries both on M&A work as well as oil and gas development projects. Great. And what groundbreaking matters have you worked on? I know you can't really mention client names, but is there one that stands out in particular? Probably my work with the National Petroleum Corporation of Namibia is one which is a client that's very near and dear to me. I've been with NAMCO for well over 10 years working with them and to see where they are today in the big NOC scheme, how they've developed, how they've grown and gone from strength to strength is a journey I'm particularly proud of. I'm happy to have walked that road with them. Some of the projects that I've worked on for them have also been firsts for the jurisdiction. We recently assisted NAMCO with its transition into the Angola oil and gas space, where they're in the process of acquiring producing assets. This was publicly announced. 
So they're very proud of extending their footprint beyond Namibia. It's quite significant for a national oil company to make that move. And I was part of the team that got to assist them with the acquisition of these assets. And then on the oil and gas development space, again with Namco, I've been privileged to work with them on their crude gas to power development project, which is an important national project for the government of Namibia as well as the national oil company. So those are the areas, cutting edge, sort of first mover types of transactions and projects that I've been involved with from a Namibia perspective in particular. And of course, in South Africa as well, we have as CDH a good body of oil and gas clients who are also doing industry firsts in the jurisdiction. So it's a very exciting time, both from a Namibia perspective and from a South Africa perspective. And our clients keep us well engaged, very busy, and of course, at the forefront of revolutionary steps in the sector. Thanks, Megan. Those sound like really groundbreaking projects and hopefully we can get you back here to tell us more and update us on what's happening in that front. And you regularly attend and speak at webinars and you recently attended the Namibia Hydrogen Conference. Can you tell us about the conference and can you share any outcomes from the conference? So actually one of my more recent speaking engagements was yesterday for the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy and the Department of Forestry and Fisheries in South Africa. So perhaps before I dive into the Namibia conference, I'll tell you a bit about that. I formed a part of a panel which dissected the sustainable coexistence between upstream oil and gas activities and the fishing industries. It was a very dynamic, very robust engagement around that. And we spoke about oil and gas exploration in South Africa and how it's in actual fact coexisted with the fishing industry for more than 57 years and globally for well over 98 years. So it was a robust, very engaging session with two very different industries who occupy the same space. And then just across the border in Namibia, Namibia has made one of the largest deep water oil discoveries in sub-Saharan Africa. It's a real game changer for the country. And then in addition to this, they've positioned themselves as a key player in the green hydrogen space. So there's a global race at the moment for identification of the best locations for green hydrogen project. And Namibia is regarded as one of the prime destinations for such projects. So very interesting and different dialogues in Namibia and South Africa at the moment. And this obviously comes through in the conferencing space and in the public engagement space. Namibia has displayed a commendable level of innovation around green hydrogen, and they geared to unlock new opportunities in relation to industrialization, creation of employment from combining the local and international private sectors. Therefore, green hydrogen pilot projects in Namibia, which will get funding from the German government, and the funding totals approximately 30 million euros. So that was announced at the conference. And what the projects are actually entail is what we call a hydrogen dual fuel locomotive pilot. And there's also going to be refueling stations in Valfas Bay and, and agricultural and port applications for green hydrogen. So a very diverse energy mix coming from Namibia in particular. Of course, South Africa is always focused on an energy mix and is working hard to ensure energy security through an energy mix. 
And when we talk about energy mix, we talk about hydrogen, we talk about gas, we talk about oil. Coal still remains a very important energy source for South Africa. But we see transitions into gas and green hydrogen as mechanisms to balance our carbon footprint. So I see a lot of collaboration. I see the potential for collaboration between Namibia and South Africa as we take on climate change challenges and as we develop these new and exciting projects, both in the oil space and in the green hydrogen space. So that's topical at the moment. Thanks, Megan. What would you say to a young woman wanting to pursue a career path in your area of specialization? I think the first message would be when there's no seat at the table, you need to make a bigger table. If you're passionate about an area of specialization, be it oil and gas or a new venture, you have to sign up for that inconvenience and discomfort and also the learning that comes with it. So you have to plan to be there and work to earn your place there. But one of the greatest lessons I've learned on my journey is to give myself permission to learn every day and also then to make mistakes every day. But ultimately, my advice would be be your authentic self, stay focused and be clear about your goals. Great. Thanks, Megan. So finally, just to touch on your personal side, what are your interests outside your successful law career? I enjoy a good book. And most of the time that good book ends up being a good book about the development of oil and the energy sector. So not too far removed from my professional life. But I also enjoy quality time with my family. That is probably where I spend most of my time outside of work and outside of the professional spaces with family. Oh, that's great. Thanks for joining us, Megan. We hope to catch up with you again once projects that you're working on have kicked off. As you say, it is an exciting time. And perhaps next time we can chat about green hydrogen. Thank you so much. Thank you. The views and information expressed are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily present those of the firm. All content is provided for general purposes only and does not constitute legal advice. We make no representations, warranties or guarantees, whether expressed or implied, that the content on our podcast is accurate, complete, up-to-date or reflects the current law. We accept no responsibility for any loss or damage, whether direct or consequential, arising from reliance on the information which is presented here.